success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on She's Invincible. And do we have an invincible one to introduce you to today as the founder and chief inspiration officer of Highlander Press, Deborah Keevan loves helping change makers tap into and share their stories of healing and truth with impactful books. She's guided hundreds of authors to craft and publish impactful books of which they are proud. Debbie, a graduate of Stanford University's novel writing program, graduated in 2021 with a master's degree in publishing from Western Colorado University. She's tracked over 350 miles of the Camino de Santiago, and her passions include travel, cooking, hiking, and kayaking. She lives in Maryland with the love of her life, Rob her sons, and their puppy, Fergus. That is when they're not off discovering the world. Oh my gosh, Debbie Keevan, welcome to She's Invincible. I'm so excited to have you with us today. I'm so delighted to be here, Cammie. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I love the work you're doing in the world. And I think at one point you had said thing like making your words sing. That's what you said to me. And oh my gosh, so powerful. I just love, love, love what you're doing. Thank you so much. It's um, it's truly a calling and it's a gift that I give to myself every day, honestly, to be able to play with words. Oh, wow. And people are really going to appreciate that as we dive deep today and share your story. And so let's get started. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Oh, wow. Um, so like many entrepreneurs, my path to where I am today is about as crooked and circuitous as anyone could ever imagine. I worked for um, 11 years before going to college. So I put myself through college. Um, and so I graduated with uh, an accounting degree. So I'm a reformed CPA. I used to work in the, the for back in the old days, the big six accounting firm of Deloitte & Touche. I then moved on to corporate where I was a C-level executive um, in their change management uh, position. I, I, uh, I did that. But then my son was diagnosed in 2010 with autism and I put the brakes on and I took a leave of absence. And during that leave of absence, amazing things happened for my son, but even for me. And I often say that that break is what saved my life. Because I realized I could never go back. I was making myself sick and I was actually hustling for my worth. And I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. So when I first started my business, it was designing websites because I knew how to do that. 
then I'm like, I love words. I'm going to be the wordsmith for the websites, not the designer. And finally, people started coming and saying, can you help me publish a book? And I'm like, you know what? I think I can do that. And I taught myself and I learned and, and they, you know, the teachers come when you're ready. And they certainly did in my case. And I have always been a word lover and a book lover. So I get to play every single day with books. I love that. Oh my gosh. And I know you do too. And how this has changed her life. So what would you say makes you invincible? I think the biggest thing is I'm not afraid to take risks. I'm not afraid to fail forward. And it's interesting because years ago, someone said to me when they were talking with me, they're like, you're such a risk taker. And I'm like, I am so not a risk taker. (laughs) I'm thinking I'm not a double black diamond skier. I don't even like roller coasters. But then I really reflected on what she meant by that. And I did take a risk. I left a great corporate job with a very clear path to continued leadership, great salary. And I took a risk on myself. I took a risk to begin my own business. And then I took a risk to follow what the universe and God, whomever, whatever you want to call the big entity that, that fills us, brought me to where I am today. And so I'm not afraid to try new things. So that's what makes me invincible. I love that. And that leads so well into our topic today of trying new things because you did that. And, uh, and I would love for you to let's continue this conversation. And today we're talking about the five steps to writing process. So and I think this is so cool because, you know, you have the pen and paper, right? And you get to put on there whatever I like I thought I wasn't a writer. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, all I have to do is like get the words out right of my my mouth or what or my heart or wherever it was. Um, But I would love this. So let's jump in and share a little bit about this writing process uh, and help our listeners, especially the ones out there who don't think they can. uh, Let's empower them today. Well, let's just start first with the writing process, because you really touched on a few things in what you just said. And the first is a lot of people say, someday I want to tell my story or I want to share my wisdom in a book or an article or whatever, but I don't think I'm a writer. And the number one myth that I love to dispel is that the only thing that makes someone a writer is the act of writing. And it is 100% a skill that can be learned and improved. And it's just a matter of practice. But some people are really blinded by the blank page. I can't take my thoughts and put them on paper because I'm so stuck. You know, we have art scars from from when our English teachers would cross off our words and with a red pen, with the big red pen, right? (laughs) So people don't have to write. A lot of people dictate And then have the words transcribed and they don't have, they can do it with a person or they can do it with a software or whatever. And so it's a way to get their raw thoughts on paper because you can't edit a blank page, but you can edit anything that's written on paper. And that's really the magic. So the first step is getting that, those, those thoughts on paper, however you can and doing your very best to Make sure that your ideas are as clear as you can make them. That's step number one. Step number two is finding an editor who sees you 
and hears your voice and understands what your big goal is with, with whatever that writing is and helping you by cleaning it up, asking questions when things aren't clear, moving things around to make a more impactful piece or book or an article and really not changing your goal, not changing your voice, but polishing it. So I I look, I always say things like getting your first draft is like giving Michelangelo that big block of marble. Yes. The editor works with you to create something beautiful out of that block of marble. Mm. That's what an editor's job does. And if an editor is not doing that, find a new editor. So that's the second step is the editing. The third step is the publishing part. And whether it's publishing it in a magazine, publishing it in a blog or or publishing it in a book, however you're going to publish that is that next step. And there are multiple sub steps to this, this one step alone, understanding who your comparable authors are or, you know, who else is in the market? What, what's the, who's the reader of this document or this book, making sure you're very clear so that when you're publishing the book, it can actually be seen and found by the people who it's written for. The fourth step is actually launching the book or the article or the magazine, whatever that piece of of writing is. We'll just focus on books because that's kind of my specialty. But if you're publishing your book, you want to make sure you have the best splash on publication day because that's the best opportunity for people to find you on that one day. And our authors always go for Amazon bestseller. And I won't say anything about how I really feel about Amazon, but Amazon is the biggest distributor of books in the world, distributor of goods and services as well. (laughs) Yes. So by focusing on that one goal, you actually trigger the Amazon algorithms to notice your book. And then they start showing it on lists, new releases, bestseller. If you like this book, you'll like this book. So it, it does some of the heavy lifting for you. But now you've got this great book that you've written, you've yourself into you're exhausted after launch day and that's when a lot of people stop but that fifth step is so important it's the marketing the ongoing marketing and that ties back to the very beginning of what's your goal if you want to speak you want to teach you want to um, be seen as an expert in your field to be interviewed on television or the radio or on podcasts like this You've got to make sure that people are aware of your book and you don't do it in an, an ask whole way. You do it in a service way. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> ah, okay. So let's recap. So step one, writing. Step two, editing. Step three, publishing. Step four, launching. And step five, ongoing marketing. Yes. So, oh my gosh, you're captivating. So that is awesome. And I want to dig in a little deeper and ask you some questions around this. So the first one is writing. So my question about writing is what advice or tips do you have for people? Everyone, of course, is different. Like for me, I have ADHD, so I can't do anything 
for a long period of time. And it takes me a long time to get in the place where I can actually do it. So like once I'm in the zone, I could write great stuff for a, a bit. But getting into the zone is the part that's really difficult. So what kind of tips do you have for people that are just what you're finding to be the easiest way for people to write? Well, as you said, there are a lot of different personalities and people. Yeah. But most people are not dissimilar to you. And I know that when I am have a writing project in front of me, never has my house been cleaner, right? <laughs> Even I do that. So here's what works for me. And I think it would work for you as well is to create a pattern and a habit. And it doesn't have to be a long one. So think about it this way. I get up, I walk the dog, I have a cup of coffee and I come to my office. I set a timer and I write for 15 or 30 minutes. That's it. In 15 or 30 minutes, I can get 150 to 500 words out and 500 words is a full page. So if you wrote a page a day for every day of the year, you have 365 pages. You have more than enough for a book. Mm. So first of all, don't look too far ahead. Second is after you're done those 15 or 20 minutes, 30 minutes of writing. And I, I tend to write Monday to Friday. Sometimes I work on the weekends if I have something of my own that I really want to work on. But Monday to Friday, I get up and I go for a walk. 20 minute walk reduce, releases endorphins and the endorphins, you feel great. So not only are you feeling great in your body, but you're also feeling great that's spilling over to your writing. So it's like they're tied together. So you're rewarding yourself for writing. That's awesome. I yeah. find too, I'm more creative, right? So I think that that really helps you to open your mind and like release a lot of what, you know, what you, is in your mind and like free it up. So it's Absolutely. like you're freeing up space, right? Like we're there's talking a, about. There's a wonderful um, book called The Artist's Way. Um, and I'll, I'll try to remember the, the name. It's sitting behind me on my bookshelf. But The Artist's Way, and there were two things that I took away from that book that were just transformative. And the first was Morning Pages. And Morning Pages is having a journal that is just basically like priming the pump. You just sit down and you write for 10 minutes a day. It's not with a goal. It's not with anything in particular, right? It could just be like, I don't have any idea what the heck I'm going to write in this journal today. I don't feel like doing it, but you're showing up. And you're priming the pump. So if, if you remember in the old days when we didn't have running water in the houses, we'd have to prime the pump in order to get the water to come out. You never took what was coming out of that pump initially. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with your writing. But something magic happens when you do that every day is, first of all, you're training yourself to do it. So it's a habit. The second is every once in a while, there's a gem, a word or a sentence which sparks your creativity. So when you're sitting down to do your 15 or 30 minutes of actual writing, you can use that as a starting piece. The second is having artist date with yourself every week. And an artist date is doing something alone that fills your creativity. So have you ever heard, um, Cammy, of, you know, you can't pour from an empty pitcher? Yes, I say it all the time. <laughs> you got to fill gonna, it up. 
I'm going to transform your thought process around that because you never want your pitcher to be empty. I want you to think of it instead of an overflowing chocolate fountain. So when you're replenishing yourself all the time, what you're full of flows over and into other people's cups. So you don't have to empty yourself out. So artist dates is basically something that you do for a half hour to an hour that fills your creativity that isn't directly related to your work. So think about, I love going to art museums. I love to color. I knit. I cook. All of these things are creative endeavors for me. Walking is a huge one. So I refill that creativity so it's never running dry. I love that. That's so good. Oh my gosh. All right. Step two. Tell us, remind us again. Step two. And I'm editing. Editing. That this is a big question I have for you about that. Yeah. Um, is there a great way or a recommended way to choose an editor? What should people look for when they're like, I know I have this book inside of me. I don't know what to do. Do I, you know, go to a publishing house? Do I self-publish? How do I pick an editor? All the things. So so tell me this. Those are a whole bunch of different questions in there, but let's focus first on how do you find the right editor for you? Yes. Um, I always say um, a couple different ways. One is ask other people who've written editors that they have worked with that they liked. The second is like, here's what we do here is I have people submit a, a writing sample. I review it. I edit it. And then we have a call. The call is for the person to see my editing style. And we, it's an energetic exchange. So you want to make sure that your energies are the same, right? Mm -hmm. And then for me as an editor, I'm looking to see how the person takes feedback. Oh, that's good. Because it's a give and take. You know, when you hire an editor, they're all up in your business and there's a trust that gets built. And if if it's a misalignment, it's bad. And it can be a terrible experience for both sides. And that's not what any of us want to experience. So I think asking other people and then also asking their process and getting a clear understanding of what that process is. Um, I'm not a believer in uh, charging by the word. A lot of editors do. I look at the project in totality and I'm like, here's what I feel like your book needs for your article. And then we go from there. Um, If you're going to a traditional publisher, you still ought to have an editor look at your work before you're pitching your book to a traditional uh, uh, um, publishing house because they're going to have an editor as well that will look at your work. So you could, of course, you always want to submit your best work. Sure. But doesn't mean it's not going to change. Right. Got it. Okay. Step three (laughs) is publishing. Publishing. This is the big day, right? This is this is the the big. So publishing. So there are really three main ways that people can publish a book. One is a traditional publisher, which is what everyone automatically thinks about. And there are a lot of pros and cons to this process. One is you need an agent. So you've got to convince an agent that your book is publishable, and then the agent, if he if he or she takes you on, then they have to try to sell the license for your book to a major publishing house. And they that publishing house needs to be looking for your kind of book. And if they say, we want this book, 
They may pay you in advance, which is against royalties, or they may not. And the process is going to take a long time. So it could take anywhere from two years to five years. And here's the kicker. Say your book is wonderful. It's a great fiction piece of fiction. It's YA. It's, it's this year in you know, 2023. It's like totally in sync with the way we're thinking. But the five-year process comes along and suddenly what you wrote is no longer correct or politically correct relevant, or right? something yeah. relevant. Yeah. They can pull that plug at any time. Oh, that's and interesting. These, yeah. And most people don't realize that. Like, it's not a guarantee that your book is actually going to be published. We saw that in COVID. It's interesting because traditional publishing houses do not like to publish cookbooks because they're very expensive to produce. Um, but they had a bunch in their queue. And what were we all doing during COVID? Cooking. <laughs> we were cooking. So suddenly all these books that were planned to come out in June, uh, in the summer and fall months of 2020 in particular, got shelved. And all these cookbooks got rushed through production. Oh my gosh. It was, it was really something to see and yeah. witness. And then in the fall, they're like, well, we're going to do all this backlog of publishing. And it, it slowed down the process for everyone so much. You couldn't get books. Um, books were being delayed. Printing costs went through the roof. Shipping costs were through the roof. So traditional publishing has some big benefits, but not as many as people believe. And it hasn't really changed much since the 1850s. Wow, that's crazy. All right, next yeah. step is um, launching your book. Yeah, so that's, your, that's your book birthday. Now you, it's everything you've come to. And so how do you, you know, publish? How do you get your book in front of people? Because it's not the field of dreams, right? right. If you write it, they will not come. <laughs> And so you want to plan your book birthday. And so if it's fiction, most people hear things like called street team. But if it's a nonfiction book or a children's book, they're called launch, your launch partners. And these are people who already know, like, and trust you. They are so excited that you have published a book and they're willing on your book birthday to celebrate by sending emails to their list or to their friends putting posts on social media, buying your book that day so that it's a great big party and celebration for your book publication. And it's hugely it. important to have that. And it's also hugely important to take the next day off or the next couple of days off yes. having, a, a, having a day away from everything because it's truly exhausting. Yeah, you. I can imagine you could wake up a little hungover, right? Just from all the energy and, yes. you know, the work that you're doing and the communication and all of that. Absolutely. Oh, I love me. that word, hangover. Yes, it is. It's your birthday Disability. hangover. <laughs> Disability hangover. <laughs> yes, I love it. Okay, and the last step, this is, I think this one's, they're all my favorite, but the <laughs> these last two are my favorite favorites. So, so the yeah, last- on, Yeah, ongoing marketing. And so- yes. um. How many of us have have followed people that we really love on social media and then all they're doing is trying to sell something? Yeah. Buy my product, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. And that is, that comes, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, from a place of lack and a place mm -hmm. of fear. 
what I would rather people start thinking about in terms of sharing their wisdom and being seen is coming from a place of service. So how does your book, if you've written a nonfiction book, for example, it is full of amazing information that you can pull out a sentence or two and create incredible graphics to share with people. You can have a link that if you want more of this, here's where the link is to my book, but you don't have to say dramatically and directly buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. I usually say for social media, you want to have five to seven supportive posts or emails to one direct post about your book. I love it. That's awesome. And, you know, that ongoing marketing is so important. And I know that. And but, you know, and it's but I want to say like that, that birthday, that launch day is the most important because you only get this one chance, right? To have this best selling new book. Uh, And I think, you know, that is so in alignment with podcasting, right? When you launch a top podcast, you get this one chance to launch a top podcast. And once you're a best-selling author, no one can ever take that away from you. Your book isn't going to stay number one in three days. It's going to be down the list, but no one can ever take that away from you. And that's part of your accolades. It's part of your bio. I think that's so important. And part of one of my favorite things about podcasting is helping authors promote books. I feel like there's no better value in the world than to be able to take an author and have an interview and say, what were you thinking when you wrote that? How are you feeling? What, who did you write that for? Right. Why should people buy your book? What are they going to learn? How is it going to change their life or their business? So like, I love to promote authors on podcasts. I actually did an interview for a podcast about that. So I think that's so important. Um, And that ongoing marketing, that book is your business card, right? That book is It's like people think they write their book and that's the end. Oh my gosh, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of those double doors that open up that whole new world. It starts with the book. The book gets you on stages, right? The book. Yes, it's your, it's the thing that takes you to the places that you want to go. And I, I just think it's such a powerful way. I love what you're doing. Well, thank you. And I, I, so I, I just, to, to ground you in, in what ground people and what exactly you're saying. If you hear somebody, you meet somebody new and they say, oh, I'm an author. Don't they automatically sort of become elevated? In oh, 100%. Yes, like they're elevated a, as, yeah. as an expert, right? Yeah. In whatever they wrote their book about. Exactly. A hundred percent. And I'll be honest with you. I work with agents. That's where I get my guests from. And I will go through the sheets. And if they are authors, I'll pick them first. Like, yeah. like I just, it's just, you know, not to say I'm not going to pick you if you're not an author, but I'm picking authors first because I they're already elevated. And now this gives me an opportunity to elevate them even more. I just I love, love that. I, and, I, and I think too, like we're both aligned with this is like it, we're, we're allowing people who have something important to say. And I believe that we all have something of value to share. Yes. And it's just uncovering it and making sure that it's yours and that you can do it in a way that really does serve other people. Well, and the thing about writing a book, I mean, some people and some people do get rich from writing a book, right? Very few, but some people get rich 
from writing a book. But the idea of that, again, is going back to the opening of the door of all of the opportunity. Yes, you could get still be very wealthy just because you wrote a book and the opportunity opened those doors to paying gigs, you know, big paying gigs on stages and, you know, retreats. There's so many things. Books, some books lead to movies. Uh, there's just so much opportunity. Yeah. But the biggest thing for me that I think for writing a book should be getting the word into people's hands, right? Getting the message to all of these people so that they can use this information, right? So you're actually using the book to attract the people that yeah. need the information. Like they're looking for you. They're waiting for you to take that step. So, and they I can are. speak about this because I've been wanting to write a book for many years. And, you know, now I'm starting to realize like, oh, I should have never waited. There's so many people that needed this that could have used it. So I love that. Well, so you know what? The best, yeah. next best day to starting it yesterday is starting it today. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And thank God you can help, right? You're, you're right sure here. Can. Now we know where to find you. <laughs> so a question, another question that I, I hear from different people. I want to get it from the, the source. Uh, anthology, compilation book, or write your own book? Is there like a method to it? Is there one you should do first and maybe do something later? What are the benefits? So that's such a great question. So I think um, it can I can answer that in a couple of different ways. A sure. lot of it depends upon your ultimate goal. I will say that many, many authors, whether fiction or nonfiction, start by having their stories published in anthologies or journals or magazines because they're building up their confidence to claim with clarity what they actually do or what they want to say. And so once they have that experience, it gives them one book that actually is in their credit. So they already are an author. So it helps transform the, take away the scary from that to writing a full book. That being said, if you write a full book, you can take excerpts of that and put them into anthologies. So it can serve you in a number of different ways. It's a very circular, um, regenerative process because when you have more than one book, the second book sells your first book and your third book sells your second book and your first book and your so, so on and so forth. So if people say, I want to write a book someday, but I'm not really sure where to begin, you can write 1500 words. I love that. That's an anthology submission. I love it. And, you know, in my mind, as I think about, you know, what you do and what I do as we're both launching things, right? Um, I wonder, is there the benefit of having all these other authors promoting that book that you're in? Like that anthology is going to get in more hands faster because there's 10 or 15 or 20 other authors pushing it to their community. Uh, as hard as you are to your own. So you're actually sharing each other's communities. Is that true? It's 100% true. In fact, um, the number one ways, the top three ways that people find out about books is a friend recommendation, a family recommendation, or one of their already existing favorite authors. Those are the top three ways by far. So think about you have a community, let's say of 250 people, I have a community of 250 people. We're surrounded by 20 other women who have 250 people. 
that's an exponential explosion of people seeing all of our collective work. And so it becomes a huge celebration and it allows each of us to say, I read Candy's story and here's what I loved about her story to my community, right? I'm not going to talk about my own story necessarily, but I might talk about yours and somebody else's story who really impacted me and what my takeaways were. So we're, we're going to be constantly highlighting each other and celebrating each other. And I just think that's such a win-win and, you know, I love to win. So I love that. (laughs) And it's so similar to like launching a podcast. It's the same type of thing. The similarities. I, I love it. And I love also, I want to not let this go that what you mentioned about algorithm, right? Like how Amazon has an algorithm. That's the same way in podcasting. So when you launch a top podcast, the iTunes is saying, oh, if you like this podcast, you're going to love this new podcast. So that is so similar in a sense of the whole world is filled with algorithms. And the whole idea for all of us is figure out how to make that algorithm work for you. Right. And then run with it because it's doing the work when you're done and it's still going. And I think that's, again, part of that ongoing marketing would be, you know, cross promoting, uh, being on podcasts, speaking on stages, things like that. And a lot of times even when you do speak on stages, a lot of times the, the whoever's facilitating the event will allow you to bring your books and do like a book signing and a book selling. So there's just so many ways that you can continue that ongoing marketing. What is your favorite way of uh, ongoing marketing? Um, I love actually speaking and, and selling for my books from the back of the room. But my second favorite way is going to my local library. And telling them that I'm a local author and they all have local author sections and librarians are the most generous, wonderful people. And they can buy literally, at least through our publishing style, one copy to have in the local. So suddenly you can walk into your library and see your book on display. <laughs> with all the other local authors, yeah, which is super cool. And yeah. I've seen so many different things. Um, and I love that. That's amazing. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Anything else that you want to share with our listeners about this publishing process or writing process? Any last minute things? Yeah, I here? would say, you know, I really focused primarily on traditional publishing, but there are two others. There's independent publishing or self-publishing. And then there's the wild west of hybrid publishing. And I don't want to take more time talking about that, but I do have um, a video on our website called Demystifying the Publishing Process, where I walk through and say, here are the pros and cons of each kind. And it's really being clear about what your goals are and what will serve you as the author the best. There's no wrong way. It's really about, you know, understanding how they work and what what can serve you and your readers the best. And at Highlander Press, do you do, do you also participate in the hybrid option? Uh, we are a hybrid publisher. So and good. So, yeah. So we we're uh, towards, uh, we, we operate very similarly to a traditional publisher in many ways in that we pay royalties. We do not do advances, but we teach classes. This is where we're very different is I teach for half a year. Um, 
all of our authors, they go through our author academy of what does it mean to be an author? It's a very collaborative process. So while the books are being edited and laid out and all of that, each of our authors are going, let's talk about book covers. Let's talk about your book cover. Let's decide how the book, what are your options for interiors? We talk about launches and copyrights and all kinds of yummy, yummy topics that help people understand their author business because it becomes an income stream, whether it's speaking, publishing, getting, you know, royalties, getting more clients through that way, or whether it's, you know, um, a bigger mission, maybe a social mission that, that gets impacted. I love that. Oh, that's so good. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been amazing. Let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Sure. Um, I can be found online, um, Highlander Press, um, on TikTok and Instagram. Um, we have uh, Highlander Press books on LinkedIn and um, also our website, highlanderpressbooks.com. Awesome. Awesome. So, and all, just for our listeners, all the links are in the show notes. Uh, also, um, Deb talked about the video that she has that also the link to that is in the show notes as well. So feel free to click around in there and find the best way that you want to connect with her and definitely grab that freebie that she has uh, and get get the information you need. Even if you're not ready right now, you want to get the information because sometimes you need time to get ready. So thank you so much for sharing all of this great information. I know you have inspired people right now to want to take that next step. And I'm excited to see uh, people coming and putting those books out and getting those stories in the hands of the people. I always say someone's story is going to be your survival guide. Isn't that the I truth? Love that. Yes. How many books have I could say how many I've read that were survival guides for me? What to do next? How to do it? You know, when you don't know what questions to ask, sometimes the books give you the questions and the answers. So it's just, I think it's just amazing. And I love to read. So I read, uh, I can't even tell you how many books, but I read every book of every author who ever is on my show. That's phenomenal. Um, I, every one of them sends me their book and I read every one of them. Um, and so I have a whole box cause I'm packing up books right now. And I have a whole box. It's like, podcast guests and there's it's huge so i just absolutely love that so thank you so much hey i hope you're enjoying this episode and just before we get to the good stuff right the good the bad and the ugly i have this great announcement for you we are starting the pod power hour which is a virtual event that's going to happen on wednesdays at noon eastern and so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing they're genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure 
be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. Well, you know, Deb, on She's Invincible, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs. We're going to spotlight their expert zone of genius. Oh, my gosh. Have you done that so well today with all of these amazing tips on how to get your book out there, get your story out of your head and out of your heart and into the hands of the people that need it so much. But we're not done because we also promise our listeners that while you're doing all of that, and we're, we're showcasing you, they're jealous because they're like, oh, look at her. She's so smart. She's so beautiful. She's got this calming voice, you know, and they think you're so lucky. They have no idea the price you paid for the success that you enjoy today. Are you ready? We are going to tell. We're about to drop the mic. <laughs> we're going to tell a couple of quick stories so that while they're a little envious, we can say, you know what? If you want her success, our only question is, are you willing to pay the price that she had to pay for the success that she enjoys today? Ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's jump in. Let's tell a story about the good or the greatest part of your journey so far. Um, I have to say that I realized um many years ago that I was a manifesting mofo. And so I am able with, when I'm very clear about what I want, I can make it happen and I can make it happen so easily. And when I let go of the how and just trust the instincts and the, and the desire. So a real quick story about that was, um, I started having these really weird dreams in, um, the spring of 2021 of my high school boyfriend, like just these really vivid dreams. He's trying to tell me something. And I didn't understand what, why he was showing up in my dreams after 31 years, but it was clear. He just kept showing up and showing up. So I, I went in, I talked to a friend of mine. I said, I don't know what this means. And she said, let's do a guided meditation together. 
and try and figure it out. Well, during that guided meditation, he handed me a scroll. And I came out of it and I said, I think I'm supposed to write him a letter, question mark. And there were two of uh, two other people on the call. And the first one was like, okay, well, that's what you feel. So you got to do it. And the other one was like, bad idea. Don't do it. Don't do it. But I, I found him and he'd moved and I had no idea where I was in his life. But I wrote a four page letter of gratitude, just just overwhelming gratitude for him being the greatest first boyfriend, how much I loved his parents and how much they'd given me. Well, we're married today. And that didn't, I mean, it happened. I didn't know where he was, but he had lost his wife um, several years before my letter arrived on his doorstep. He'd been meditating about me as well. And that letter opened up a whole dialogue. We just started writing back and forth to writing letters back and forth to each other for about six weeks. And uh, we have not been apart since. And it is wonderful. What an amazing story. I love that. And I love your your manifesting mofo. I love that. That's like your hashtag. Oh my gosh. But that was only 2021 when this all happened. And yes. here we are 2023 and you're already married. Yep. So I love that. And I love like that's, you know, the universe really does have your back. Right. Really and I does. love I love how that just fell into place. It was always happening behind the scenes and you just did it that way. And I love that. And I think that's why we do need to go with our gut and with our intuition uh, and never listen to people that say no. Yeah. (laughs) They mean well, right? Well, they want to protect us, right? They're close to us. They mean well, but, but listen, what if you didn't? Right. I would never. That scares me right there. Right. You too. Right. Like, what if you didn't? What if you listen to someone who was just trying to help you or save you, protect you? uh, And where would you be today, two years later? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just a a thing where we need to acknowledge. Oh, my gosh. What a a love story. Like, literally. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to move on to the bad, but we'll save the ugly for last. So okay. tell us a story about the bad part of the journey. There's always a bad part. Yeah. So, um, and I, 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 okay, so bad. Uh, it went, Rob and I connected in the summer of 2021 and October 5th of 2021, I received a call from my doctor that said, you have breast cancer. So my life completely upended when you get that kind of diagnosis. And I certainly knew people that had breast cancer, but I did not understand. I naively thought, okay, it's October. I'll just get whatever surgery I need and I'll be done by the end of the year. Well, I didn't finish all of the treatments and the surgeries and the testing and all of that until this January. So a long time. Uh, 14 months. Yeah, about 14, 15 months uh, total. And during that time, you know, I was working my business. I'm in this new old relationship. We're trying to find our way. And I'm having appointments, like literally they make appointments for you. You just, you don't get to decide when you're going for all these different tests. You just, we've made this appointment show up. So trying to run a business and trying to teach and try to to publish the books that we've committed to 
was challenging. And so I actually, the, the, what came from the bad is a, I'm in great health. I also decided I need to do what is essential in my business and find other people to help me, which was such a transformation for me because I'm a doer. I love being busy. I love the challenge of learning new things. But during that, I literally could not do it all. So accepting help, understanding where my brilliance was, and then allowing other people to step in and show their brilliance and raise us all. We still published 12 books last year. Oh, that's amazing. That is is amazing. Yeah. 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 And, you know, a lot of people would just throw in the towel. I like I was I'm thinking, like, what were you thinking? Like, what was your thoughts when you like, here you are now you just reconnected with this man and there's all this like hope for this beautiful future. And then boom, right. It's like the mole, that mole game, whack-a-mole, right? Like you just, you're emerging to something beautiful and then whack, right? You know, what were you thinking? I can't even imagine that initial thought of like, what you had to knock yeah. the wind out of you. It really did um, initially because it, it, we didn't have this in our family. There wasn't the history. And so I was like, it was sort of like, what? But what I did, um, because they give you this huge binder, like two and a half inch binder of all the medic medications and the side effects and the this and the that. I decided that I wasn't going to read any of it. And what I did is I gave it to Rob and I said, if anything starts to show up, can you just look and see if this is normal? I didn't want to flood my brain with what was supposed to happen. And instead, I decided what kind of an experience I wanted to have to the point where every time I showed up for a chemo infusion or even radiation, I had um, a port where they were delivering all the medications and I made them tap it and say mischief managed at the end. I didn't tell, I, every time I went and they're going to get the medicines, I'm like, you're going to the apothecary. Is today, are we getting unicorn tears? Are we getting, like, what magical elixir are you going to be giving me? And it made a difference because I didn't have a lot of the side effects that many people have. And I also chose to have an experience that was fun. I love what you said about unicorns and your elixirs and oh my gosh, what a way to approach that. I I love that. That's amazing. Amazing yeah. to me. Mm. Okay. <sighs> I want to say that was horrible, right? But we have more. There's, you know, there's always more. And yeah. so we need to move on to the ugly. And um, I would love for you to share a story about the ugly part of your journey. Yeah, this one is pretty ugly. Um, So in 2013, I found myself sitting in my bathroom behind three sets of locked doors on the phone to the police uh, with 911 because my then husband was rampaging, um, throwing things, flipping tables, cursing, telling, threatening. And it wasn't the first time that that behavior had happened, but I got to a point where I was genuinely afraid for myself. My kids, fortunately, were not at home. Um, I got some help, but I remember sitting on the ground with the phone in my ear and, and, and thinking, 
I'm an intelligent woman. How the hell did I get here? And the shame that filled me with that experience, how much I'd hidden from the people who I loved because I didn't want them to know what was happening in my life. Mm. And going and seeing a divorce attorney who literally changed my life by asking this question, are you being abused? And me just stopping in my tracks and realizing that the answer was yes, because I wasn't even willing to admit it to myself. From there, I got help. I literally slept for a year because he refused to leave. A year and a half, actually. I slept with keys in my hand. I knew every exit out of our home. In my trunk of my car were my kids' birth certificates, my birth certificates, all of our important documents, and a suitcase full of a change of clothes and toiletries in case we needed to get out of there quickly. And the closer we got to him having to leave, the worse it got. And it was during that time that I'd already started my business. I'd already left the corporate world. And I mean, honestly, Cammy, my hair was pulling, being coming out in handfuls. And just realizing that that was my experience and then having the courage to talk about my experience, going through art therapy, going through regular therapy, giving myself eight years to heal to really look at how did I invite that person into my life? How did I, what's, what are the repercussions of those choices and unraveling all of that stuff really enabled me to get rid of it oh. and heal, like heal myself and claim my own sovereignty. Mm. Well, that is the perfect Perfect ending to the most beautiful conversation today. Uh, have you written a book about this yet, about this story? I have not written a book about this story. I have written other books, but not <laughs> a book about this story. But I I feel called to do that. Yeah, I, do. Um, I just listening. I, all I keep thinking is your story is someone's survival guide, right? And after yes. the pandemic, there's been so much more abuse. You know, yes. those rates have gone up even higher. Uh, due to stress, lack of money, you know, all the things, too much time together, uh, losing jobs, yeah. kids being home, right? All the, stresses, all the things. People dying. Yeah. All that. Yes. Stuff. All of it. Being afraid you're going to get it. Like, you know, all the things. And, um, and I really think that is a survival guide. Um, but oh my gosh, I am just so excited to have you and share your story today and just be able to share you with our community around the world. And do you have any final words? I feel like this is just so appropriate to end on that note. So any final yeah. words to us? Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity and for holding space for this lovely, lovely conversation. Um, I'm so grateful. And so I would say, listen to your heart. Listen to that little voice inside of you that tells you the truth about who you are and what you're meant to do in this world, and then trust it to show you the way and do it without fear. We all have the fear and fear holds us back, but you can do this. 
if I can do this, you can do this. Oh my gosh. And how appropriate is that? Oh my gosh. Well, you know what we say? If you're down and out, if you're face down on the ground, things aren't going your way, just get back up because you can do it. You're going to get knocked down. It's not going to be easy. It looks easy. We make it look easy. And you are going to feel like you can't do it, whatever it is. Fill in the blank. It's life every day. And you're going to feel like you can't do it. But we're here to tell you, you can. Because you can do anything. You just have to get back up. Tell them, Deb. You do. It's like, yeah. and that's such an appropriate way to end is like, You've lived through hard things already and you've lived through them. So just put one foot in front of the other and just keep going. There's a, um, you can rest if you must, but don't you quit. I can't, I wish I could quote who that's from. It's not me, but that is such an appropriate and important message. Yes, it is. And there are women who have gone before you who are holding out their hand. 100%. We can do this. Yes. And you can do anything because you are invincible. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at camilehman.com. I can't wait to meet you.